Welcome to the Impact Blueprint Podcast. Prepare for compelling conversations, actionable advice, and those aha moments that create leaders. Here's your host, Dave Brown. I have got one of the coolest people that I have met since I moved to Dallas, Texas. And coincidentally, we're going to talk about it, but one of his tags is meet cool people. But I have got a great guest today, Eli Delaney, and I'd love to uh, bring you on, introduce you. And then if you don't mind, I want to share a little bit about your background. Eli, welcome to the show. My pleasure, my friend. We are going to have a good time today. Oh, man, we are going to rock it out. Actually, I'm going to ask a few questions and you're going to rock it out. So it's going to be a lot of fun. But yeah, I know you're going to be, you would be very, very humble. So if you don't mind, I'm going to just give a few things off of your bio so that everybody understands the significance of some of the things you've done. So Eli Delaney is uh, is your automated systems strategist, and he is also known as the people whisperer. You can you can bet we're going to be talking about that. He is the creator of the follow-up Rockstar system. He is a co-author and Amazon best-selling author of the Marketing Tidbits, 50 Quick and Easy Ways to Grow Your Business. He's the author of Networking Tidbits, 25 Ways to Connect, Grow, and Succeed Through Networking. I'm seeing a pattern here, buddy. He has a passion for connecting people in his best-selling training course, Networking Like a Rockstar, has over 1,400 students that he's registered globally. He is a successful speaker, author. He helps authors and speakers, coaches automate their follow-up systems and grow their business without having to have an MBA from or from, you know go to MIT. So with that, welcome. Tell us a little bit about what you do in your business, if you would. Well, thank you very much, my friend. I am I'm honored to be here. Love having these kind of conversations. And today, the fact that I'm, I'm sitting here, I got I got my mocha handy, and mm. I'm hacking, hanging out with one of the happiest people that I know. We're we're gonna have a good time. That's all you I'm sure looking are. for. You got um, yeah. So, so what I do with my clients is, I, you know, my bio talks a lot about the automation and, and that kind of stuff. And that's a big piece of what I do because my goal is to automate everything you can, delete the, or excuse me, automate everything you can, delegate the stuff you can't, and delete the crap you shouldn't be doing anyway. And that's, that's really kind of, I call that entrepreneur ADD. Mm-hmm. And automation is a big piece of it, but the goal behind that is not just to automate. Automate helps us buy back our time and leverage what we're doing. But when we buy back that time, what it does is it frees us up to do that thing that we can't automate, which is building better relationships, having better conversations. And that really is the key of what I help my clients with more than everything else. The rest of it is all just the tools. That's all the technology, but it's not about the technology. It's about psychology. It's about how you treat people and how people can think about what you're doing. I love that. I love that. Now, within that, are you also in the CRM creation space? Um, you know, as we talk about yeah. automations, kind of dive into that part of it as well, because I think a lot of people that listen are also trying to figure out what's the best CRM to be using. How do they mm-hmm. automate? How do they use technology? Can you yeah. share how you jump into that space? And then we'll we'll start digressing. Okay. Yeah. So the automation side, it actually came about for years ago. It was back in 2007. Um, mm-hmm. I actually got into using Infusionsoft. Now, mm-hmm. back then it was also known as Confusionsoft. 
And <laughs> nowadays they completely changed their name. It's called Keep. If you've, if for anybody mm -hmm. who's listening that that knows that name, but that's how I started the automation stuff. And what we were doing with it was we were building campaigns, thinking in thinking in campaigns as opposed to one-off fly by the seat of your pants stuff. Mm. And this is, I think this is a really important thing. Like nowadays there's automation. People are a dime a dozen and CRMs are a dime a dozen. I mean, half of the world are some form of white label for, for one that I know you and I both use high level. I have a white label version. The great thing about it is the, the idea of a white label on something, by the way, for those of you that don't know, it's basically you get to buy it and sell it as your own. And what we've done, like for me and my, myself, my clients tend to be people that are either speakers, coaches, both coming into that arena, authors that are coming into that arena and creating their, themselves as a industry expert. And I've got so much experience in that area. I have created my go-to campaigns that I have used over and over for the last 15, 20 years now. I built them for myself mm -hmm. originally. And because of all of that, it just makes it easier for me to help my clients with that. But at the end of the day, when it comes to CRM, the most, the best CRM to use is the one that you use. I, I don't that. care what software it is. Software does not matter as long as it does what you need and you do the thing. Because you could have the best software in the world. If you're not using it and you're not taking advantage of the tools and the features that it has, it's not doing you any good. And so I want to kind of set the stage on that because... I, I can talk all day about what we do. I've used a lot of them. I've had people come in and asking that question all the time. And I'll give them, I'll give them my, my opinions of different platforms more privately on that. I don't do that in a public standpoint because some of them I have great reputation or great um, things to say and some of them I don't. Um, at the end of the day, really, I, I know people who kill it and do an amazing job using software that I would never recommend. As long as it's working, and it's doing what it needs to, that's the important thing. I love it. I'm going to reiterate something you said. Whatever CRM you're using, listeners, that's the best one for right now. Whatever you have at your disposal, use it. That's the best one. Don't get hung up. Implement what you have. So that, that's great advice. I know one of your specialties, you have many, but <laughs> one of your specialties is helping people like me that are coaches and speakers, yeah. which is which is exactly what I do. I coach people. Let's talk about the core problem or the typical problem that you see in that space that you're able to help solve for, because I think a lot of people that listen to this are entrepreneurial and this is relevant for them. Yeah. So um, I, I come from the speaker coaching side. I became a speaker in 2008. Um, I saw my first mentor on stage. He, he got up on stage. It was like somewhere between three and 400 people. I don't remember exactly, but there was a lot of people in the room and he's teaching really cool stuff. He's teaching us actionable steps like laptop open, go here, click this button, like very, very solid things. His presentation had a lot of now go to your hotel, your room tonight and go do the thing. Mm -hmm. Um, he also had, he has a very snarky personality. He's very obnoxious and sarcastic. Um, he'll make fun of you and you'll be laughing and smiling while he does it. <laughs> he does this whole thing and I'm like, I like what he's doing. I want to do that. And that's how I got into all of this. Now, as a speaker and a coach, I've been doing this for a long time. 
The number one issue that I see is people are getting out there, they're getting on stages, they're speaking for even getting on podcasts, things like that, which are awesome. Um, but what they don't realize is the stage, no matter what that stage looks like, I don't care if it's 10 people, 10,000 people, a podcast, a live stream on Facebook, whatever, doesn't matter what the platform is, the stage is just the beginning of the journey. And most people miss that piece. They think if they go up on stage, people are going to be chasing, chasing them down with credit cards in hand. It just doesn't work that way. And your follow-up is the key. And that's where my stuff really comes into play. It's that follow-up. How do you build that relationship long-term? Like my, my campaign, I have what I call the ultimate follow-up. I can literally go outside and get hit by a bus today and sell yourself for three more years. Okay. It's Love all that. automated. It's all set up to do its thing and build the relationship the whole time. That is where the magic really happens. Yeah. So I think the saying, and I'm not a, a big golfer, but the saying in golf is drive for show and putt for dough. In mm -hmm. our industry, the money is, or the dough, if you will, is made in the follow-up, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It is. You know, it's funny for, you know, because I cross over with the speaker world and the internet marketing world, which are yes. a lot of, there's a lot of crossover with that anyway. But um, nowadays, internet marketing is like everything. Back in the day, mm -hmm. internet marketing was its own world. And it used to be, they used to talk about the money's in the list. The money's in the list. Mm. And I had a mentor, uh, somebody that I, I, it was actually at my mentor's event one of the other speakers and her name was Sylvie Fortin. She's sadly, she passed away several years ago. Um, but I learned something that just, I took to heart and it's like, it's never gotten out of my brain is the money is not in the list. The money is in your relationship with the list. Mm. How do you make them feel? How do you talk to them? Talk to them as a human being, not as somebody with a credit card. And that's kind of a pet peeve of mine right now. There's so many people in our, especially in our industry, but in the world yes, that are going yes. out there and they're literally treating their clients or their customers um, like their personal ATMs. Mm. And it, it's got to stop. You yeah. know, it's like one thing I love about my clients is they come to me and they say, Eli, the reason I work with you is because I know you actually care. And you, you're here for me. I mean, I've had, I had a client who just recently had to, she had to put one of her cats down. I'm, I'm talking with her on Facebook messenger at nine o'clock at night, Isn't you know, cool? and it's like, I care about my clients and we, we all need to be doing that. You need yeah. to get out of that place of how we're not, it's not like you're, you're a human being with a pulse and how big of a wallet do you have, which is what a lot of people tend to kind of do. Yes. And get away from that and get to the point of, you know, hey, I'm, I got some really cool stuff. I'd love to see how I can help get better. And of course, yeah, yeah I'm in business. I, I like to get paid, but let's see if we can do that, make this happen. Yeah. I, yeah. I love the idea because it's all about, and, and you know, I'm big on, you know, leadership and communicating mm -hmm. and connecting. And so yeah. let's, let's dive into that more. How do you cross over? Because I think this is something, I think the term I recently heard, and you maybe even introduced me to the term, uh, don't be a pitch pirate. 
Was that you that introduced me that to that? That was me that pitched that that told you that one. Yes, it was. So I loved it. So don't be a pitch right. pirate. So how do you cross over in the in while you're nurturing that? Because listen, people need to get paid. Mm-hmm. How do you cross over by adding enough value? And when is the right time to pitch or to offer and yeah. and to try to make a sale? Okay. So, so let me, let me kind of clarify the pitch pirate story a little bit, because people will get it even more once they hear this. Um, I did not make this up. Okay. Um, if I remember correctly, I learned this from a gentleman by the name of David Fagan forever ago, forever ago. And I've, I still hang out with him every once in a while. Um, I claim it because I haven't heard him say it for a really long time. So, um, I use it quite often, but, um, you know, so many people, when you first, when somebody comes in, like a prospect, look, you say you as a person, a prospect, um, potentially interested in something that I have, um, you come to me, you might sign up for something that I have, like maybe I'll give something away from stage, or you opt in to get my newsletter, which I'm not a big fan of newsletters, so don't do those. But whatever it is, you get into my world, right? You sign up for my list somehow. And what ends up happening is that if you, if I turned around and all I did was send you message after message, like, Hey, here's something cool. You should check it out. Oh, by the way, I got to buy one, get one free or buy only this weekend. If you do this, you'll get some extra bonuses. And it's basically it's pitch after pitch after pitch. We call those pitch pirates. The only time you ever hear from them is when they want your booty. Hmm. Okay. Now that's the clarifying part of the story. Um, you're training people when you do that you are training people to expect you to sell them something every single time yeah you are training them to tune you out mm. especially we can talk about email marketing there are some people out there that say email marketing is dead my response is it's because your emails suck mm. um plain and simple because okay. i have a client who right now has a list that he built off of building a summit, which is actually not the best quality list, right? To build because you get a whole bunch of people from a whole bunch of other people that all came in and all of a sudden you have a really big list, which is great. But these people signed up for a free event. They didn't sign up because they necessarily like you. So it's not a great quality list. He still gets average of 40% open rates on his emails. And it's because we make sure the value he provides is always there out of the gate every single time. He can sell. He, there's, yes. He's got to have it. He's got to sell. He's in business. Like I, I'm a capitalist. I'm happy to say I'm a capitalist. I'm very proud mm-hmm. of it. I like getting paid. But yes. that does not mean you have to pitch every single time. So if I say, hey, Dave, I got an idea for you. Here's a book that I recommend. I'm, I'm holding The Go-Giver right here. And it's one of my favorite books. I love this. Bob Berg is an amazing human being. Um, you know, if I say, Dave, you should re- check this, this book. Have you read it before? And, you know, have you actually read this, Dave? No, I have not. Okay. You need to read this book. This okay. book really is the, um, this, this is the nutshell version of how I live my life, which is coming from a place of giving and having giving of service first, knowing that karma will come back. It'll come back. I don't know how, when, don't know. It's probably not going to be from the same person, but this is a whole story. It's in a fable format. It's really easy to read. It's pretty small as well. You could literally pick this up, read it in three or four hours. Um, now, what I did there was I just gave you a recommendation for a book. You go to Amazon, go buy it, go get a Kindle tonight. You can watch it over the week or read it in the next couple of days. Um, and I say, you know, I would love it if you go pick that up, read it. Let me know what you think. Okay. Yes. Yes. Now, what if I just did exactly the same thing, but I sent it as an email? 
or I send it as a Facebook message to somebody. Yes. Or a text message and just say, hey, here's a book I thought you might find powerful. Here's the name of it. Here's the link on Amazon. This is what I like about it. I'd love for you to check it out and let me know what you think. Yeah. Now, I'm providing value. Mm-hmm. It's not mine. If it was my book, yeah. game, game over because yes. it's yes. still personal, even if I'm selling it for 99 cents. Mm-hmm. It's still me pitching me. But if I say something like that, or maybe I find a TED talk that I like, and like, hey, you know what? Just yes. one of my yes. favorite ones is um, Simon Sinek, Start With Why. A great mm-hmm. book. Yes. But I mm-hmm. first got introduced to him um, for from his TED talk. And actually, of all people, the person who actually introduced me to that video was my mom. Okay. So okay. she had watched that and is some training she did at work. And she said, I think this is, this is along the lines of the stuff that you talk about. You should, you should take a look at it. And she sends me the link and I go and I look at it and I, and I'm like, holy crap, you're saying exactly the same thing I've been saying for 20 years. He's just much more elegant about it. Um, now, if I, when I share that with somebody else and I'm like, this is, you know, check out this video. It's 18 minutes. It's a, it's a Ted talk. It's really good. This is why you like it. So or I like it so much. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'm giving value, not expecting anything to come yes. back. Yes. But now what we're doing is now I'm also having, it's like, I want you to respond. And here's, here's a little secret people don't understand. Um, all of us that are in sales and marketing understand the concept of a call to action, CTA. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you haven't heard the term CTA, that's what it stands for. It's call to action. A call to action, people immediately attribute that to, this is where I, call, I put in my pitch. It's like, hey, here's something really cool. I thought you should check it out. By the way, I'm having a sale today. Go buy this. No. But your call to action could be, I'd love it for you to watch the video, reply back, and let me know what you think. Now, you're adding value and you're adding care because you care about them enough to value their opinion and ask for them to reply back. This is yes. all human psychology. Yes. <laughs> I love that. And the best part of that, Eli, from what you just said, it would even be more impactful as an example if you were saying, watch a video of, say, Dave Brown that I found or, you mm-hmm. know, Ed yeah. Milet or somebody else yeah. that not, not a Facebook post that you put asking for an opinion, but you're saying, hey, check out this cool resource and let me know what you think. And so now you're taking almost conversations that happen, let's say on social media, you're Mm -hmm. now taking those to an email setting and getting people to correspond with you. I love that idea. Well, and the beauty of it is you can post this kind of stuff on social media. There's nothing wrong with that. But if I were to see, like, say, for instance, you have a video that you posted and I thought it was super, super cool. I can share that, which is great. Mm-hmm. But if I were to take that and I share that to somebody individually mm-hmm. and say, you know, hey, Bob, my friend Dave here had this video that I thought was really cool. I thought you might find it interesting. Take a look at it and let me know what you think. Now the, the conversation is very different. It's very personal. Yes. Yes. And the great thing is that it doesn't take, what do we figure? If I had to type that up, it'd take me a whole five, 10 seconds, right? Yeah. Um, you know, share, it doesn't have to be anything big and long. doesn't have to be fancy. Um, now here's where to go to your original question. Mm-hmm. You said, how do we flip it over to the sales conversation? Yes. 
when they reply back. You went from monologue one direction to dialogue. You're having a conversation. Conversations lead to sales. Mm, I love that. Repeat that back again. That is huge. <laughs> Say it again. All right. So when you start out, you're having a monologue. Mm -hmm. But by having them reply back, you're now switching it to a dialogue, which is a yes. conversation, and conversations lead to sales. Boom. For those of you listening, that is a mic drop moment. That is huge. <laughs> that is huge. Okay. So, um, so now you're having a conversation. Mm -hmm. And are we, are we at a point now? Do I get to, again, I'm going to use the term just because I love it. Yeah. Uh, I just think it's funny. Um, do I now jump in and pitch pirate them or do I hold off and continue to add value? Or is that the time where I'm going to drop a landing page to them? That's where the or... conversation, go with the conversation. Okay. See, that's a bit, the thing about sales, the reality is sales are, yeah. so as entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. the, the definition of an entrepreneur is somebody who solves problems for a profit. Yes. Okay. So our job as an entrepreneur, and by the way, if you're in sales, you might be an entrepreneur. There's a lot of different terminologies mm -hmm. for it. The principle is the same. Um, if you are, you're not there to sell something. You are there to solve a problem that they have. If that problem that they have can be sold by what you have to sell, great, all lights are green. But now all you're doing in this is you have a conversation with them. All right, so hey, thanks for replying back. I love this that you liked this, blah, blah, blah. You yeah. have a, you're just having a talk with them. Mm -hmm. And then you can take it as to where the conversation goes. You can kind of feel it out. Maybe it's just to continue with a Facebook message or text or email or whatever. Yeah. Um, or you might be like, you know what? We haven't talked for a while. Would you be open? Let's, let's just jump on a Zoom for a few minutes. You know, you can yeah. take it however you want. And then you just find out where are they at? Where are they stuck? What's yes. going on? Mm -hmm. And once you ask questions, and you've got to make it conversational. Can't I mean you see you see some of these guys. We we have them the I won't even use the terminology on the show. Um, but the guys that are DMing all the time and they ask mm. you the 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 questions that are basically setting you up for the kill, right? Yeah. Um crypto boys tend to be one of them. There's uh real estate people that do a lot of them. Uh social media experts tend to be another one. There's a bunch of industries that do it. They yes. bastardize the whole thing. Um but you can tell by the questions they ask, they're literally leading you to the pitch. Yes. Don't do that. Just ask yeah. them the questions. How are you doing? What's mm -hmm. been, what's been going on? What's good? What's not? What, how can, is there anything I can help you with? That's a really yeah. big question. Cause the funny thing is if you say, is there anything I can help you with nine times out of 10, they'll be like, Oh, well, I don't know if I need your service. You need to just stop them right there and go, that's not what I asked. I didn't yeah. ask you if you want to buy something from me. Of course, it would be awesome if you did. Yeah. What I asked is, what can I help you with? Wow. What do you need right now? And if I can refer somebody to somebody else, mm -hmm. I'm cool with that because they'll remember that. Absolutely. And they do need me. Now, they may need me. Okay. They may already be in a situation where I know I can solve the problem that they have. They just haven't realized it yet. Some yeah. people are that way. It doesn't matter how good of a salesperson you are. It doesn't matter how good of a communicator they are. If they don't think they need it, 
It's a done deal. You lose. So don't try to play that game. This is how I help people. What can I help you with? What do you need? What are you with right now? And if I can introduce you to somebody else, awesome. When you need me, I'll be here. The way you said it, and, and I, I had an idea what you were going to say with that, <laughs> but where I think so many entrepreneurs blow it is they they put on that pirate hat again mm-hmm. and they immediately think, okay, I've got the person talking to me. I now have to pitch. Right. No, just keep adding value, asking what you can do. And they're going to, they're going to come up and at some point and say, Hey, I was thinking about, I have this need. Yeah. Is this something that you do? Or I saw something that you're offering. Mm-hmm. Would this be so, a good fit for me? I mean, is that is that kind yeah. of okay? Yeah, you've had that, I and mean, I've had that recently. Just in the last couple of months, I had somebody who was like, "You know, I've been thinking about this program. You made the offer a while back, but I just wasn't ready yet. But I saw something you just posted. Is is that would that be a better choice for him for me?" And I literally I replied back and I said, "Honestly, the stuff we talked about already is actually a better choice for you. This mm. is good, but it, it will be lower than what we were talking about." He's like, oh, "Okay." Yeah. Send me that link again because I'm ready to go. We've been That's, going back and forth for yeah. probably a month or so. And, you know, to tell even another story with this, I have somebody mm-hmm. more recently that I added a new follow or a new product to what I do. And I posted on social media about it. Now, this person, she and I have been friends for probably almost 20 years. And I haven't talked to her for a while. You know, we still stay in touch on social media, but we hadn't actually really talked a whole lot. And all of a sudden, because of the right question, right time, it was just going on in the right spot. She saw the question. She commented on that post. I ended up reaching out to her and said, hey, are you actually interested? This is I got a couple of things. I would love to just jump on a call. Number one, we haven't talked forever, so I'd love to jump on a Zoom and catch up. But if you're truly interested, I'd love to share more about what I'm doing. She's like, yeah, let's do it. So she booked a call on my calendar. I ended up getting on the call with her. And so we caught up. We've had the fun catch-up game. And I'm like, this is what's going on. This is how it works. She's like, all right, I want it. Okay, cool. And yeah. so I gave her a link and she bought that day. Um, I also talked about the CRM. And she was like, yeah, I don't have one of those. I'm like, well, you need to get one of those. This is what mine is. This is how much it runs. You know, there's other ones out there if you want to get started because, you know, normally only I only do this for, for clients as far as a CRM goes, but um, like coaching clients. And But it is something you need. If you're interested, I, I'd love to have you on board. She goes, okay, I want that too. <laughs> Isn't that something how yeah. that works? Because once you start to solve one problem, always another problem behind that one that they need help with. Yeah. So it's figuring out that problem. So let me let me back up a minute or may, not back up. I'm going to change gears a little bit on you. So in your coaching program, so but let's talk about when you bring on a a new client that's a, you know, either a new or experienced coach, trainer, mm-hmm. speaker, what's what's kind of that 30 to not 30, but 90 to 120 day process look like? Is it is it typically a three to four month coaching program or or is it a six month? And and what do you build or what do you try to do in the first couple of months with them? Okay, so first month it is a year long program. I okay. it's actually it was designed to be a thirty day program uh, mm-hmm. or not thirty day excuse me a ninety day program, and then I I started going it's like because I get a lot of people that come back and like 
well, what if I what if I really need a little extra time? Life happens. I get a little bit behind. Mm-hmm. I'm like, fine, I'll give you another three months. So you got six months. And then we just and the next thing I knew, I was like, you know what? No, I don't want to. I don't want to stop it that quick. Yeah. I don't want to stop it that quick. So I'm just like, you know what? We're not going to do the 60, 90 day, whatever. I'm just going to give you a year. Okay. Same price. I didn't change the price of it, by the way. I just was like, all right, it's going to be a one year program, 12 months. Because in that 12 months, what's going to happen is the first couple of months, we are setting the foundation. We're doing some of the basics. We're going to get your freebie set up. We're going to get your calendar set up. The campaigns that go with it, which is the, that's the key. Yes. I mean, anybody who can help you create a freebie and put up a landing page. Okay. We have a billion and one ways you can do that. You can do it on your own. There's, I mean, even, you know, we're both part of Apex. Phone sites is a great platform. It's not that that's just the touch. That's just the beginning of it. It's the communication and the psychology behind getting them to actually do the thing and pay attention. And then like when they book on your calendar, most people blow this thing up and do the wrong thing with their calendar. They let Calendly or whatever platform they use, I'm not picking on Calendly specific, they just happen to be the worst. Um, they, they're just <laughs> doing, they just go with the default. And it's yeah. the email reminders are boring, cold, stale, clinical. They feel like they came out of your doctor's office and nobody wants to get those emails. Okay. You got to make it feel like you, how, like it's a real conversation. And so we help people set all that stuff up. And once they have that, that's their foundation. And then, I'm dealing with people that are industry experts. Well, one of the things, if you're an industry expert, you need to get known and you need to build more of that personal brand. Best way to do that, get on podcasts. It's super easy. I have a formula and I have a, co- a course that I put together on it. It's like, okay, when you have these foundations in place, now let's get you in front of more people because most people are getting trying to get in front of people, but they don't have this and they don't understand why they're not making any money. So no. that's where it all starts. And then we go into setting up like a monthly event you know in today's world webinar is the best thing whether you can call it whatever you want people like to use masterclass, which i think is a silly term but um but your event that you can put on every month and keep sending people to it's like hey you know what you want to you want to learn some of the cool stuff that i can show you let me show you one of the key phrases i learned another great marketer has been around forever frank kern the number one thing i learned from him not his programs have been great he's been you know, he's one of the original OGs of the marketing world, especially in the internet marketing space. But one thing stuck together with me, the best way to show somebody you can help them is by helping them. Okay. So put on an event where you give them something that's going to give them some results. No, it's not going to give them everything, but you give them something that's like, oh, I can take this and I can run with this and I can get results because those people that do come that show up, that think you're awesome, and you just gave them something good, but they're not at that level yet that they can hire you because they just don't have the funds yet. If you can give them something to go get those funds, you bet they're going to come back and hire you. That's what we're going for. And so that's like the first three months of working together. And then after that, we add more to it, onboarding of clients, um, other types of events, there's a lot of different stuff we do with it. It's, like, it's crazy. I've got people, I've got a person right now I'm working with, she's launching her book. And so I'm helping her put together an entire launch strategy behind the book and put all the bits and pieces together for that. She's still new in this world. So we're using that as a way to build the list, which is then going to lead to coaching clients, actual paid clients, because she's also a designer and that's where her niche is. Um, and then also she's going to launch a course soon. 
And so we're taking this next step and next step and next step pieces. And, but all of it's based off of that foundation, which is the first 30, 60 days. And we get that in place, everything. We just keep building and building and building. And of course, my ultimate is I, I talked earlier about my three-year campaign. I love to show my clients how they can do the same thing. And so we build that out for them because now you're leveraging your time. Don't have to come up with what am I going to send to my list this week? You just build it once, let it run forever. I have people who've been on my list forever. I had one gal who actually came to me. She got one of my emails that I recommend. It was the greatest salesman in the world by Ogmandino. And yes. she, she replies to that email and says, Hey, Eli, I want to thank you so much. Um, I've really been struggling with my business and I was about ready to throw in the towel and I got your email on Thursday and I decided to pick up the book. So I got it on Kindle and I read it over the weekend. Thank you so much. I totally am back on mission. I, I felt that this was the right place, the right time. And that book made a difference for me. You just saved my business. Oh my and gosh. I mean, that gives you goosebumps, right? Yes. Here's, here's the more powerful piece that most people don't understand. And she didn't know this. I wrote that email six years earlier. She just happened to get it when she needed it. Yeah. And so that's where the next step of all this stuff comes into play. So that's, that's what we do with clients. We have a lot of fun with it. I teach them how to think differently. They think in campaigns and evergreen. So build it once, let it run forever. You know, spend 20 hours the first time so you can spend one hour every time the next time you need to do something instead of 10, 15 hours every time. Um, and then how do you talk to people differently? How does the psychology of the language that you use? How do you come from a place where you can sell without sounding desperate or pitchy? Because that's what I mean, you've seen that in today's world, we've talked about this. So many people are making a lot of rash decisions where they just sound and feel desperate. And if we can get them away from that to where they feel genuine, people want to come to you because you're, you come from a, a place of peace. Yes. And that's powerful stuff. This is so good. I'm telling you, I <laughs> well, knew this you. was going to, I knew this was going to be great, um, but it's exceeding my expectations. <laughs> Eli, this is amazing. We can keep you, my friend. Doing, we could keep doing this for, for another two hours, but I'm going to ask you a closing question about leadership. Okay. Um, because one of the, one of the things I like to do is I like to talk to people about, um, and it's funny, I like to talk to cool people, um, was one of the things I said, yep. you know, that are impacting people personally and professionally. And yep. then I meet you and hear your podcast and is meet cool people. I'm like, well, that, that's a match made, <laughs> um, you know, together, but yep. I want specifically regarding leadership. It is so important, but it's also a term that is thrown around, I think, so frivolously online. People make these posts agree. about good leaders do the. It's like you don't even know what leadership is. So thinking back in your career, somebody that's maybe impacted you that you look back and think of as a leader could be a parent. Um, is there a leader? Can you, can you specifically remember a person and something that you were taught that you've brought forward into your life from a leadership standpoint that you implement and, and try to pass on? Yeah. Um, actually there's one, it was, it was much later in life, but, um, I picked up, I, I have obviously I come from a rock and roll background originally, which I don't know if you, if we talked about that before, but, um, I, you know, Gene Simmons from Kiss. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
So he created, he was the guy behind all the branding of Kiss. It was his ideas. And even to this day, they still, I mean, I don't know if they still do, but the last time I was at the Rio in, in Vegas, they had a Kiss mini golf place, right? They're, they're still around after all this time. And it's all about the branding more than anything yes. else. Um, I hadn't realized growing up as a kid because I was into their music, but I didn't realize how powerful of an entrepreneur he was. And he put out a book, and I highly recommend this for everybody. It was Me, Inc. Me, um, Inc. Me, Inc. Such a powerful book. Super, super. It's, just, it's an easy read, too. Um, okay. But the things that he put in there is like, right now, today's world, everybody's like, you know, screw everybody else. I'm just going to do what I want to do. Now, there's a certain point where being authentic is important, but there's also a point of there are things you sometimes you need to do that they're not going to hurt you if you don't act quite as authentic as you feel like you should be. Like when I first started my first company, Web and Graphic Design Agency, I come from the rock and roll background. My hair was down to my waist. <laughs> and when I decided I was going to actually grow my business and be serious about my business, I cut it off. And yeah, I mean, it was the, the guy cutting my hair. Basically he did the whole Indian thing. He's like doing my hair. Like he just got my scalp. It was very interesting and bizarre. Um, but it, it, that was one of the things that I did. And it, and it really took to cart when I read me Inc because Gene Simmons looked at, he was, he was an immigrant and he did not speak good English. And his name is, I think if I remember correctly, his name is Hamesh. Uh, so he has all these things going against him. And he's like, okay, I know if I'm going to succeed in this company or this country, I need to change some things. Mm -hmm. And so he changed his name. He watched um, a whole bunch of Western movies in order to change his accent. And he spent all day watching Western movies purely so he could learn to speak american english right because yes. okay. there's a difference between english and he wanted american english yes. and then he changed his name and he did all these different things that yeah there's a lot of work involved and is that his authentic like is he is he driving out his his heritage no he's like i'm still proud of where i came from but if i'm gonna succeed there are mm -hmm. things i'm gonna have to do and me doing those things that's not going to hurt this over here. Yeah. And he did that his entire life. And so for me, that was really powerful because as a leader, you know, we want to get set that example for other people that you have, sometimes you have to do the things that aren't necessarily the best that you want to do. Maybe, yeah. you know, may, you know, obviously you don't do things that are against your ethics and your core values, yes. but there, there's a difference between that and quote unquote being authentic. Cause I think in today's mm -hmm. world, the, the term authentic is over abused and, mm -hmm. and it's another one of those things like we were talking about earlier. And so yeah. cutting that down and going, you know what, sometimes, you know, if I'm, if I'm speaking a great thing as a speaker, there are certain audiences I, I won't cuss. And there are certain ones where sometimes I'll let the words fly because I know that audience is going to appreciate it. Like mm -hmm. when you know your audience, you talk to your audience. Yes. And by choosing to go one way or another is not necessarily being inauthentic unless like, say, for instance, you go to an audience and this is a great example for a while. People all of a sudden started, you know, doing F-bombs left and right. And that's because they saw Gary Vaynerchuk doing it. 
Okay. I know. I love Gary. Okay. I do. Um, but everybody wanted to be him. And all of a sudden they're, they're cussing up a storm because he does it. It sounds cheesy when he does it because that's naturally him. Agree. And so it's like being authentic is being you not trying to be somebody else by not cussing. If, even if that is your thing, if that's normal for you, understand that. But if you want to curtail it a little bit for certain audiences, mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt anything. Yeah. You know, and, and the, those are the kind of things that I think are, that's leadership right there. Yeah. When you can think about that, it's like, think about your audience. Mm-hmm. You're not cowing down to them, but you're thinking about them. You're keeping them in your mind. Yes. That's leadership. And that's where that was so powerful. I got that out of that book specifically. Uh, his other books are awesome too, but that was, that was the kind of the big thing that I got from that. So that's a really long answer to your question. <laughs> But I, I got to tell you, I wasn't expecting it. Again, I now learned <laughs> that uh, I can't imagine seeing you with hair down to your waist. Um, yeah. But I am a Gene Simmons fan. I know they just had their last live concert here mm-hmm. a few weeks ago yeah. uh, from the time of this recording. So it, it will be interesting. He is he is truly a marketing genius. Yes. And uh, I loved watching their real- his reality show. Mm-hmm. So it will be fun and exciting to see what he does next. Yeah. Uh, because I'm sure he's not just going to sit at home and he's going to do something. And he's just too bright of an individual. So mm-hmm. very cool. I love that answer. Uh, Eli, it has been an absolute pleasure. Before we go, though, let's tell them how to connect Meet with you. <laughs> Where can they connect with you at? Yeah, it's really easy. Uh, first off, Eli is E-L-Y. So that's really important for anybody who's on the listening side. They're not seeing the, the words. E-L-Y is how you spell my name. And the easiest way to get a hold of me is real simple. You can connect with me at connectwitheli.com. And I make it as dummy proof easy as possible for the very simple fact. It's one place, connectwitheli.com. And there you can connect with me. You can book a call with me. You can get You can send me messages. You can find me in all the social media places. I even have some free stuff on there. And even more recently, we even added the link to the podcast, which is the podcast. So it's kind of a hub for everything. If you want to find anything and find in how to get a hold of me, that's the best place to do it. I love it. One location for everything. Yep. I love it, man. Well, Eli, it has been an absolute pleasure. I appreciate you coming on the show. We're going to have to do this again because uh, there is much more knowledge in, in uh, seeing <laughs> you that uh, we could shake out, I know. So with that, I hope everybody enjoyed the this as much as I did. And uh, we will see you on the next show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Impact Blueprint Podcast. If you took away something today, please like, comment, and share this podcast. See you next time.